Today's episode of At Scramblin' University is brought to you by The Squatch Bomb. When you're looking for the most luxuriant lip products to keep those beautiful lips of yours defended and protected, The Squatch Bomb is the choice for you. Now, if you're looking at a functional product for defense and repair, the Squatch Bomb line comes with CBD and CBG in the recipe. The flavors are Citrus Chill, Black Cherry Cobbler, Vanilla Kona Coffee, Citrus Lavender, Lavender, and Grapefruit. Now for those little ones that you might be taking out on the adventure, they deserve a luxuriant experience of handmade small batch lip balm as well. The Adventure Balm series line comes without the functional CBD and CBG products. Those cannabinoids are derived from USDA certified organic hemp. Now, if you own a small business, keeping yourself out of court helps keep more to the bottom line. If you haven't already included binding arbitration in all of your contracts and dealings, now's the time to do so. If you'd like to learn a whole lot more about that, Patricia, the owner of the Squatch Bomb Company, is here to help. She has a full bullpen of arbiters as well as years of contract integration keeping you out of the court system. So, the Squatch Bomb Dot com is where you find her, thesquatchbomb.com. On with the show. All right, all right. Welcome to Scrambling University. You got me and Scrap dog dj licks a lot in the studio this morning we're gonna do a little different uh i'm gonna give you a little permaculture tour today of uh of the property um so i figured uh first thing we'd start off with is bongs and uh some crypto updates and uh smoke a little herb here and we'll get out and rolling and i'll show you the place uh God, there's never in a there's never a perfect time to show a place. Oh, Scrappy, go chase your squirrel. Scraps a lot. Go. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> if only my throwing was as good as his chasing. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Okay. On with the show. On with the show. Uh, crypto updates. Da 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 da. da. Boom. Okay. So last night, uh, shit's been active, man. Uh, U.S. Uh, freezes Russian assets globally, taking dollars out of play. So, if you're a billionaire around the world and you're denominated in dollars, now you know if you say something to piss off the potato, you are no longer a billionaire because <laughs> he just took your money. So now, U.S. dollars have attached to them currency risk. You can't trust, no matter where your money is and what bank, anywhere in the world, that the U.S. government will not just take your dollars from your account, even if you have nuclear weapons. So, 
now that we've proved the psychopaths are truly fucking psychopaths and they're even robbing people with nuclear weapons that pretty much uh that pretty much uh you know tells you where your money's at uh there was a guy in one of the telegram groups yesterday that actually works on the atm crews puts the money in the atm machines all around the country he posted the actual schedule of how much money goes into each type of machine by location and their uh their delivery schedules um Basically, there's only about 27% of people in the U.S. that have money in accounts, right? So that means 77% of the homies walking around out there don't literally have a fucking dollar. Nothing. That's right. So 27%. So a mm, little better than one in five, right? About one in four humans walking around that you're seeing out there. The meat sacks playing the video game actually have a fucking balance. The other three, zero. So irrelevant. Right. So just like always <laughs> back down to the people that fucking run the world. Uh, so 27 percent of humans have balances in their ATMs. If those 27 percent of Americans all took two hundred dollars out of the fucking banking system. So they had a little extra money and <laughs> shit went sideways and they wanted to have cash on hand would literally suck all of the money out of the entire system, the entire ATM system in the United States, if the people that actually have money went and took $200 out, it would literally take every $20 bill out of every machine there is. And according to this guy who fills the machines, it would take about three months to fill all the machines. They aren't on replenish daily, not even close. So the replenishment schedule, yeah. So you could literally have all the cash sucked out of the system if the people who have cash took out only $200. That's all it would take, and you'd have zero, zero cash available. So, anyway, now that you know you're standing on the edge of a cliff, and as soon as the first lemon goes over, the rest of them are going to pile. When it starts, don't be the last one to the door, or you ain't even going to get your $200. You're going to have to fucking roll on digi everything. Good luck with that. What if the homeboys that run the Digi Network don't think you should be buying beer with that money? Because, you know, they know better than you. Because, obviously, they're above you. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, enough of the depressing bullshit. Okay, so, crypto uh, versus the dollar. So, if you notice, when the potato signed the order, there was a big bump in that orange line. That's the uh, that is the Monero on our graph. That is the only privacy coin on the graph. So against U.S. dollars, red is Bitcoin, blue is Ethereum, green is Bit, uh, Litecoin, and the dark is Bitcoin Cash. The orange is the only privacy coin. That's the only one that governments can't see into. Unless they spend a fuck ton of money. And, you know, you're really going to spend $100 million to find out that I spent 25 cents buying a pack of gum. Well, I guess a dollar buying a pack of gum nowadays. Um, but, yeah, the uh, so anyway, uh, when the shit went down, if you look at the shockwaves in the system, you notice that the privacy coin had about double the shock, right? Everybody ran to freedom when they saw the jail guard coming to close the door so next time some shit's afoot understand that's what's going to happen when the lemmings 
get the news on their broadcast stream. So, haha, onward. Um, okay, so if you want to see how the crypto effect rippled through real goods, um, the first top left is crypto versus BTC. So crypto versus crypto, right? Bottom of the graph means you're getting stronger against Bitcoin, one-to-one -one relationship. So you, same thing. It, it is evident on there that you just look at the patterns against the cannabis, against the truck, against the beef, doesn't matter. The privacy coin had the biggest move on the news because people all know that the current fiat system, right? Meaning currency based on trust is gone. Gone. 100% gone. Currency based on trust does not exist in a world of lies, right? You can't, you can't base a currency, like literally base a money system on trust, which is what we did, right? Well, fuck. Come on. Tuskegee Airmen, Bay of Pigs, uh, uh, shit, what's the one that got us into Vietnam that was a complete hoax after it was all sun? And it was actually Jim Morrison's dad that was the fucking admiral. Um, anyway, right? After the fog of war clears and the actual people go count the things, it's proven, proven liars, cheats, and fucking liars. So, liars, cheats, and fucking liars trying to run a financial system that is only based on trust. <laughs> Scrappy's favorite toy. <laughs> if I don't throw him, oh, it gets bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, Doc sounds have a little, uh, Doc sounds have a personality. That he's a purebred. So he's a pure shithead. No. Uh, come here. Come here. Oh, I'm going to get that. Uh, so you can't run a currency based on trust. Well, you can, right? And you notice that, like, it keeps becoming worthless. And now we're on the verge of it becoming worthless. So... You, you can run a currency on trust if you are a trustworthy person, right? And you did things to maybe open up the transparency of your ecosystem. Those would all go long ways to making a fiat system mm, theoretically work. Right? Oh, Scrappy. <laughs> Kelsey's coming home for lunch. So Scrappy's giving him a proper hello. Uh, okay. Uh, so... Today, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's permaculture. Okay, anyway, I can see questions on float. So if anybody's got, uh, oh, Gulf, Gulf, Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Lots Project. Yeah, Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah, yeah, and the, the, the interesting backstory of that was the, the Admiral, who was the dude in charge, uh, was actually Jim Morrison's dad. So when you hear that song about... Uh, um, uh, uh, da, 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 Riders on the Storm. Uh, uh, Indians bleeding, blah, blah, on death on the roadside. All that's all from, yeah, that's all from that. That is all from that. Oh, that's one of my favorite movies, actually. Uh, that Doors movie, when it came out, 
originally I saw it opening night at Michigan State. Got a tab of great acid off a dude in the bathroom right before showtime. I wasn't planning on tripping, but since it was free, I can't was great. Oh my god. Oh, uh, 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 what's her name? Who plays? Uh, who plays? Uh, Jim's wife, uh, Pam. Fuck, what's her name? Anyway, super cute. Those little round glasses. Oh, my favorite scene. That is, uh, so the Thanksgiving scene in that movie where they're like, where they all dose at the last minute and the dog like grabs the turkey. It's running through the house. They're all chasing him around. It just goes fucking sideways. Oh my God. Favorite scene. Favorite scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. But I like Thor's music. So, um yeah yeah on with the show on with the show so cryptocurrency collapse all the fucking bullshit they're trying to scare you with screw it let's just have some coffee and uh i took a few more bong tokes here and we'll get out and we'll go look at some cool shit uh okay mm, well i suppose we could do some of the pre-tour stuff in here that's my aquaponic system by the way hmm. uh so that thing never shuts off ever. Um, and I added, uh, not here, move the bomb, you can see it better. <laughs> uh, so that's a 30 gallon fish tank. Oh, these are all the questions for the show. Uh, so that's a 30 gallon fish tank with a 10 gallon fish tank sitting next to it. And that's a concrete mixing tub up on top with a couple of four buys. Um, so uh, it was set up with just a 30 gallon tank forever. Um, and then Eh, I don't know. I was just playing around one day and I threw that 10 gallon tank on there. Uh, and then it's got big, huge lines that, that just go back and forth that are siphons. So I pump water out of the big tank and out of the small tank up to the uh, concrete bed continuously. Never stops, but you hear the water just shut off. Uh, maybe you could hear it. Maybe you can't. I think you can see that it just shut off. Um, so the water continually pumps up there, never stops. Um, so the pumps run forever. Um, so once it gets high enough to break the pressure on the bell siphon, it dumps all the water out. So what I did is I put a one and a half inch drain line on that thing. So when you crack the seal on that, you've got a one and a half inch open hole. So it literally dumps that 10 gallons of water or whatever it is, five gallons, eh, probably seven and a half gallons of water back into that tank in about 30 seconds. Um, breaking water with other water is the highest rate of aeration that you can do. So all those uh, bubblers that you see in tanks that are making the big fat bubbles, uh, bubble, 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 mm, eh, they're okay, but they do almost nothing um, compared with falling water, just water falling on itself. So when I pump up to my, uh, when I pump up to that aquaponics bed, uh, oh, here, all right, all right, here. One more coffee, one more bong rip, and uh, we'll start the tour on the road. So I turned the fish off here. I don't know if you can hear the background music or not. We'll turn that off when we get rolling around. It'll be too hard to have all the shit going and be mobile. And Brian, I got your cable. She's sitting on the counter. After the show, I'm going to wire that up today. Um, I figure for the walk-around show, it's not going to matter. I got Wi-Fi repeaters all around the property. We're just going to see if the, if the laptop will jump from repeater to repeater. I don't know. So if it goes awry, I'll come back and we'll talk about whatever tour we were able to see before it went awry. Um, 
Scraps is like, hurry up, take a bong toast, let's fucking roll. All right, Scraps, come on. Okay, unplugging the computer. We're going to go for a walk. Okay, here we go, here we go. So close up of the aquaponics system. Tell you what, I'll have to do a little stand on the side thing here, and then I'll see if I can uh, watch with you. Okay, so you see how that water going up, I have fallen onto a flat piece of slate before it goes and dribbles down into the hydroton. Um, I don't know if you can see all those little tiny petals, pe not pebbles, uh, those green things that are down in the hydroton. Those are the little petal, pebble, <laughs> the leaves of these jade plants. So basically, uh, if you pull the leaves off, and tip them so they're tipped down. Um, here, I'll take this one out. Show you. Yeah, they look like that. So if you just put the tip down into something moist-ish, they will reproduce. So the, that's a little field of little new jade plants that are gonna they're gonna come up. Oh, she must have dumped water in on these yesterday and tipped them over. Short people can't see on top of my systems. <laughs> so yeah, so we're starting. Uh, uh, I forget what the name of that is. Uh, yeah. Anyway, these things. Aqua. So anyway, uh, okay, okay. So this is a nonstop recirculating uh, system. Um, let's see. Can you see the ball? The bell. Valve? Okay. Ah, oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. So. If you look down in the center of this thing, uh, okay, I'm trying to get you a good view. Okay, there's the center. So this thing in my hand is the bell. That's a bell siphon. So let's see. See if I cut notches out on the bottom down there? So when it's getting sucked down to the bottom, it doesn't stick. See if I can show you down the hole. This will be really interesting. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Okay. So that's a six inch pot that I cut the bottom off of. So basically, just a tube sleeve to make a hole, right? I want the hole to be clean. So that pipe you're seeing in the middle is an up pipe, right? Let's go down. Look at the underside of this. So that's the underside. So all it is is a straight tube, right, that goes up to the bottom of the tray. And then on the top side, the tube sticks up as high as I want the water level, right? So if I set that tube height here, that is how high that water will cycle in the tub, right, up and down. <laughs> Okay, now think of this entire tub of water filling up with water and then pulling it down. Filling up with water, pulling it down. Okay, now this is going to blow your mind. People think ebb and flow beds. Scrappy, I love you. You are such a good boy. But now is not the time to play Chase the Squirrel. Um, okay, so people think that ebb and flow beds 
you are pumping the water in to pump the water over the roots, right? Um, yeah, you are, you are, but that's not the real, that's not the real deal. You are pumping the water over the roots. You're delivering nutrient to the roots. You're keeping the roots wet, dark, all the things they like, um, creating a natural, well, I love aquaponic systems versus hydroponic systems because life, um, you can't have the magic X without having living stuff in your system, right? Hydro grows great, but it's just like a junkie. It's just nothing but IV. You take the IV out, it's all effing dead. I walk away from this for a month. It's still here. <laughs> Come back, plug it. It won't be as, you know, everything will be suffering, but we'll be just fine. You walk away from the hydro for like a day and a half and you're done. Uh, so, okay, okay. So we're back to imagining this whole concrete tray. Water going up and down, right? Okay, this is going to blow your mind. What is it really pumping? Ha, okay. The answer is oxygen. It's really pumping oxygen. So roots need to be moist. They don't need to be soaking wet or underwater. They just need to be moist. So the water passing by them is, is a great benefit. And it's bringing the nutrients right to the root. Also a great benefit. But what it really happens is it's an air. As the water fills that, that tray up, it is pushing the gas up, right? The water is heavier. It's down at the bottom. It's pushing the gas up out of the tray. So plants exhale carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is heavier than air. So all the stuff on top of the bed is exhaling carbon dioxide, right? Which is falling into the pebbles. It's filling the bed with carbon dioxide. Not the best for roots. The pumping action of the water is pushing out the carbon dioxide, right? Which then falls over the edge of the container into the room. And when the water dumps out of the system and pulls the plunger down, it is sucking atmosphere into the tub, right? So it is sucking high concentration oxygen back into the grow bed. So really an ebb and flow pump, right? It's just continuous water running, and then you use a bell siphon. So all a bell siphon is, this is a bell, just a cap that goes over an up tube. So in order for the water to get down the tube in the center, it has to first get to the top of it, right? And then with the little bell over the top, oh, I just got to restart this thing. There we go. There it goes. Yeah. So... It, it fills, it, the water fills up past the end of the tube, but it can't get in the tube because as it has been filling up, it's lifting the bell siphon up, right? The bell siphon has weight, so the water lifts it and there's pressure, right? It's pulling itself down because it's trying to sink, but it's getting lifted up with the rising water. And then at some point, there's enough pressure differential that the water starts to spill down that down tube 
and it's like a straw. It's like the atmosphere on this side is less pressure, right? It's sucking that water through the tube. That's why it dumps like seven gallons in like 30 seconds, right? Massively hydrating the water. You see all those bubbles down in there, right? So it's breaking the surface and massively oxygenates the water. All these old dudes were uh, <laughs> like 13 cent goldfish. Scraps, you're really being a downer for the show. You want to bring your frisbee over, maybe? Okay, go chase the squirrel one more time. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Since we're just playing with scraps, here, let me grab. Uh, it actually got down like ridiculous last night. I think I want to hear, I want to say 20s. I would wear my favorite ball cap, but Sir Scraps a lot. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, we're not going to talk about that, Mr. Scrappy. Uh, okay, all right, there we go. Going outside, figure, throw a little hat on. Yeah, it was, I think, high 20s last night, low 30s, something like that. It was effing cold. Effing cold. Ah! Okay. Ah, oh, got to get geared up to go outside. Let's see. Vest, check. Hat, check. Oh, fatty, check. Okay. Throw the tunes in the pocket. Okay, okay. Let's go see the. Uh, okay, so. Oh, shit. I just lit the wrong end of that. Ah! Oh, fuck. Stole her life. First world problems, right? Okay. Here we go. Here we go. All right, sir. Scraps a lot. Let's go see what the day brings out here. Okay. So first off, it's a it's a homestead, farmstead. So right outside the front door, what do I got? Oh, look, there's a sweet-ass flat top, barbecue, my backup camping stove, two-burner with an oven. So, okay, one thing. Houses in Seattle, well, yeah, they're, uh, it's the Pacific, right? It's always like 50 degrees out here. So they don't build, uh, they just don't build for cold. They didn't even, like... They didn't even put insulation into the walls until like late into the 50s. If you got anything in the 40s, there is not anything in the walls. Because fuck, it's a pine forest, you know? Shit burns to make heat. In the old days, nobody thought about smoke. And, yeah, smoke, whatever. Burn it. You got to clear land to grow food anyway or do anything. Whatever. So, yeah, yeah. It's in, a, in the land of trees and not too cold, uh, yeah, insulation wasn't a thing. So every time I get a chance, I'm insulating. Every time I get a wall open for anything, insulation, insulation, insulation. Um, so yeah, yeah, so outdoor kitchen, so that when it is the occasional week of 90 or whatever, there's no air conditioning in Seattle. I think it, man, maybe like 10 years. You know what it was when heat pumps came in? It's funny, I'll show you the heat pump on the side of the house been sitting there for four years it's not hooked up because it's just the temperature doesn't I mean, it's always between 50 and 70 
Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, okay, so outdoor kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Permaculture, right? I can cook. Uh, if it's hot, I cook outside. So I think of my cooking now that I have. I can cook the same shit inside or outside. Only a burner on the grill, too. So sidecar burner, right? So since I can cook almost the same exact stuff inside or outside, well, the byproduct of cooking is heat. So on days when I want the house to be warmer, why would I pay the electric company a fucking heating bill? Then <laughs> just cook inside. And then I, on days when it's too hot, why would I pay them a cooling bill? Why don't I just cook outside? Not put more heat in my house to pay the other bill to cool it more. That's what always killed me about grow-offs. They would run lights during the day with the sun to spend even more money on air conditioning to then go dark overnight when it's cold to turn the heaters on. Oh, this used to blow my mind. <laughs> Consulting. Don't do it. It will make you mad. <laughs> you just see such easy shit to make people money. Then they won't do it. Ah, no lighter, no lighter. Okay, hold on. My joints go out because I roll them pretty tight. Uh, Oh, okay, hold on. We are just going to remedy this situation. Yeah, not of a lighter. Uh, okay, so onward. Uh, let's see. We'll move on to the front yard. Well, you need the story of the ship, too. So uh, let's see. Oh, I'll show you over the fence so you see what my other neighbor's front yards look like. That's it. Okay, okay. <laughs> So this looked like anyway. So you like normal yard, bunch of grass, bunch of shit you can't eat. Wow, horrible. So uh, the first thing we did was we ripped out, um, we ripped out like everything non-edible that wasn't gonna like help us uh, help us grow permaculture stuff. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Ooh. Sorry, if you're getting sick uh, from watching this video, um, I apologize. <laughs> it, uh, oh, let's see. Okay, now you can see some of the stuff. Okay, oh, that's better. That's better. Now you can see some shit. Okay, so if you look around the edge, uh, there is a hugel mound that extends the entire property edge. So all the non-edible landscape and all the bullshit plants that were here when we got here, we ripped it all down, shredded it up as best we could. Didn't really, <laughs> really lazy, just threw it in piles um, and uh, all around the property edge. And then, um, let's see, can you see the ponds? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, there's one pond. Uh, okay, so... It kind of all, that's why permaculture tours are so hard, right? Because it's all linked together, but it's the kind of how it works that makes it cool. It just doesn't look like much. Uh, so the Hugel Mounds surround the entire property. It's all about water management out here, right? I get 36 inches of rain, uh, about 90 days of no rain in the summer. So big drought. Pretty continuous rain. It doesn't rain hard, hard, like inches a day or anything out here. It just rains continuously. So you're continuously wet for nine months and then dry for three months. So you got to be able to get through the dry 
So, a couple things. Hoogles in Seattle, you don't you don't have you don't have a lack of water, right? You just have a time that you need to get through that is dry. So, it's more like about being a thermal battery or not a thermal battery, uh, a water battery. So, by putting those around the entire perimeter, uh, oh, so we threw all the wood on the ground, right? And then I, I started digging the, the ponds. Originally, it was just a big pond, and then it became these two 300-gallon tank uh, buried-in-the-ground ponds that are interlinked underground. Um, but uh, so when I dug the ponds, I just threw the dirt on all the sticks and shit. But if I had to do it again, um, I would have taken more time with the lopers and stuff and all the stuff. I probably would have just chopped down another level of chopping down this. So it compacted into like a wood core with dirt on top of it. Ours is, it was more like lasagna by the time it was done. Um, and then when you got air gaps, mice and rats tend to kind of, it gives them a home, gives them a place anyway. Um, we always have the three hunting dogs that love the ducks small shit and the ducks. Ducks hunt mice and rats like a motherfucker because their food will attract the rodents, but they love to eat them too. So if they could get a small mouse or a rat, ducks are in heaven. So um, anyway, so the Hoogle Mounds are the kind of the... I have, I'll show you the roof of the house here in a bit when we go out and look back. Um, so the water comes off in four quadrants. Um, when I painted the house last time, I ripped off all the gutters. And I, I re-guttered it in two spots that are like 12 feet long. Um, so I'm dealing with 75% of the water with almost none of the gutters. I'm, I'm letting the water disperse into the land a little bit more. But where it's concentrated, I'm running it through systems, right? I'm just borrowing its energy on its way through. This water's going to go where it's going to go anyway. But along the way, I get to use it. So to charge the hoogle mounds, right? The water comes off the roof of the house. Uh, okay, you see this rain chain right here. So down the rain chain, down the gutter, into the pond. And then you got that pond interlinks to that pond underground with a two inch pipe right and then the discharge is on the other side of that pond where it lets the excess water out the overflow well actually when it really rains it overflows everywhere but the overflow is towards the hoogle everything goes towards the hoogles the hoogles are then my my mop sponges out at the edge of the property to capture the water oh it doesn't <laughs> capture is not the right word right it doesn't capture it it just slows it down. It's a sponge. Goes in, goes out. Um, okay. <clears throat> and then the other little bit of uh, water that comes down, comes down. That is real Japanese wasabi that uh, University of Washington <coughs> acclimated. We're on the same. Um, we're on the same latitude. So real wasabi uh, likes to grow in mountain streams, likes real cold water. Um, uh, it likes to be the understory, right? So a mountain stream with the big tall pine trees and shit. Um, so 
basically we just relocated this so we're on the north side this is the, my house face the front faces north which is great because i live out of the back um uh, but the uh so we relocated that uh from the west side to this little nook on the north so it's hiding behind the house so it can't get pounded by the sun in the summer um it's doing a lot better uh the ducks discovered it and they were yeah our duck defenses were bad <laughs> It was a battle. The wasabi's making a comeback. Uh, so that's one of the classes we're going to have is uh, uh, wasabi splitting, how to make your own, take some home with you. But yeah, so, oh, yeah, as a side hustle, if anybody wants to pay attention out there, it doesn't pay fast, but it uh, pays big. Wasabi selling for like $100 an ounce. 90% um, of the wasabi that you get in restaurants with your sushi and stuff isn't wasabi. It's colored horseradish. So if you actually have a good sushi joint in your town with a real Japanese chef who understands it as an art, someone like that might want to know that you can grow real true wasabi for them. So anyway, uh, wasabi drains down into my bog. So uh, <laughs> that was one of the original ponds with pond liner. Yeah, pond liner. Oh, let's talk about pond liner. So, <laughs> pond liner is great and all, but it can never do battle against raccoons. So, when you throw your cute little fish in, and then the raccoons come to eat them, because that's just called dinner. Um, they have uh, these things called claws. <laughs> They're going to claw the shit out of your pond, and then it will be like a pincushion pond. Or, or like mine, you'll just, the problem is the solution. I threw rocks in it, a little bit of sand, and I turned it into a bog. Um, so that drains out to the hoogle. <laughs> Always about feeding the hoogle, right? And then when we have our 90 days in the summer and everybody else is running around, just they don't have a lot. It just goes from like perfect green to just torch brown hard pan because they're chemlons. Uh, that we don't do anything. It just stays like this. All of it. It's hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So all this, all the stuff that's attached to the hoogles waters themselves during the 90-day drought. And I don't worry about it. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So the bog, so the wasabi bed feeds the bog, feeds the hoogle, then out to the street. Um, okay, let's see. More interlinking. Ah, it's all about the, yeah, so everything. Um Oh, so much shit. Uh, the 300-gallon uh, horse trough pond right there. So you throw a half horsepower sump pump down in there um, with like a garden hose attachment on it, right? It will accumulate crap, stuff off the roof, dirt. It just happens. And when we had ducks. Okay, so the deal is, I forget... So, if we get ducks back, we'll probably get, like, four ducks is right for a quarter acre. We got up to 54, and it just, uh, as you can see, I think the ground is just, you know, it's a little bit harsh. The uh, <laughs> 54 ducks is just too much. Um, but... So now we just planted tons and tons of clover. I threw a ton of, I threw a bunch of pasture mix down. It's all, it's all reseeding itself at this point anyway. Um, okay, so 
uh, in front of the front windows. More permaculture stuff. Uh, I got these big, huge, I got rose bushes that are rolling up right in front of the where the windows do open. They're going to interlace together. So it's going to be a big uh, wall of thorns by the front glass. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Roses as perimeter defense. It's, yeah. You know what? <laughs> Definitely not going to go through that window. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, so more, some more shit. Uh, oh, that tree's so big. Um, okay, so that tree right there, it is in a big old black pot. It's like a 30, 40 gallon pot. Um, there's that one. And, okay, see the one behind me? Oh, it's hard, hard to see against the uh, hard to see against the pine tree. Um, the one, yeah, the one right next to the rain chain that goes straight up like a pointer. You notice how that's like goes from the gnome. Eh, it's up about 18 feet at this point. So I'm growing myself a flagpole. Um, so those are called uh, empress trees, Japanese daughter trees. Um, it's the second softest wood. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Scrappy's favorite dog friend is just walking down the street. It's a it's a collie. <laughs> it's funny. Banjo's in the other upper driveway giving him help. Oh, yeah. They're they're territorial. They're small dogs. What do you got? Uh, so Japanese daughter tree, um, second softest wood. Uh, it's like next to balsa, um, but the thing will grow like twelve feet a year. It is is ridiculous, ridiculous how big they get. So the the uh, the deal was the um, the kings or whatever would plant them when they had a daughter. Around eighteen years out, the trunk of that tree is going to be six foot diameter. So then you cut them down, you make a hope chest out of it, and you know, boom, roll it again. It's just a super fast tree. Um, and I've been working on. Uh, you can kind of see on the on the big one there. There's pods out on the end of those dead branches. I, that's how it's a we, we got the seeds in different stages of the seed and we didn't realize which stage was the end stage it's taken a while to watch it's been a couple of years it blew in from one of my neighbors into the aquaponic system in the greenhouse and uh, started itself um yeah it grows crazy fast so the other one the straight one out there i'm growing a flagpole i cut everything off that's not straight up and it's just you can see it right over my shoulder right here Oh, right there. Ah, hug it all away. Yeah, so I'm just growing a flagpole. Uh, and then I, I don't know if I'll kill it or not or how I'm going to deal with that. But, uh, yeah, that's what the deal is. Okay. Uh, hoogles, uh, ponds. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So half horsepower pump in the bottom of the pond. And if you get ducks, if I get ducks back, ducks shit in water. They love to. They love to. So you don't have to tell them where to shit. All the ducks shit is just going in the pond. You throw the half horsepower pump and it hook it up to a garden hose. And then all the fruit trees, everything. You just walk around with 150, 200 feet of garden hose. It's just water everything. So anyway, yeah, yeah. They concentrate it for you. And pumps make it easy to distribute, right? Uh, okay, okay. So yeah, that's the that's the little daughter tree. Um, that there. Hmm, two-year-old, I think. Two-year-old nectarine. Um that is that is a pear tree so the deal is we always get multi 
species grafted trees. Um, I'm growing these fruit trees to be stock that I can splice to make more trees with. Um, I can see now that I walked out here. I'm not just blinded. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, we always get multi-species grafted trees because I want them so I can just take cuttings, right? And then, you know, gosh, here's a whole pile right here. <laughs> so I'll show you in the aquaponic system. Uh, she didn't move these yet. So we can still probably save these. Just re-nip them off and stick them in. So fruit trees stuck into aquaponic systems, it's ridiculous. It's, 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 it's literally a money printing machine that's not fascist. <laughs> uh, okay, so what do you got? So then this hoogle has like, uh, what is that? That's oregano. Um, oh, shit, what's that? That is a raspberry. You got blueberry. You got sage. Uh, oh, that was some strawberry that was trying to make a comeback. Oh, it's more, uh, oh, yeah, the, do, 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 yeah, yeah, raspberry, another big giant sage. Okay, so then here's the deal. Behind my hoogle bed, along the whole fence, along the whole entire house, I think you can see that. It's all just chop and drop. Everywhere. So all these trees that, you know, all have to get maintained and like a lot of shit comes down. We never send anything away. Uh, yeah, I'll throw cardboard on it occasionally and make another layer, throw more stuff. But God, it just all decays. It just all decays. Uh, so yeah, I'll here I'll show you this in case you, you're thinking of a quick way to build. Uh, okay, see off the side of your house right there. If you go get yourself 20 foot PVC and stick them up underneath the up underneath the eaves, right? And then you bend them to the ground. And if you go get three-eighths inch rebar, that stuff cuts with a sawzall so damn easy. So you cut them into like three-foot sections, two and a half foot sections, and just pound them into the ground with a little bit, a little bit facing out away from the house. Stick that tube on, right? Bend her over and put some uh, those little pipe holders on. You screw them up under. Bam. You you could slap shade cloth on that in the middle of summer, right? Because that faces west, so we had shade cloth on it. But you can do the same thing with, with visqueen, clear cloth. Bam. Now you got a three-season greenhouse. I don't know. What did that cost you? 20 bucks, maybe. <laughs> Find that stuff. Uh, okay, okay. So, hmm. I am 100% function over form, and I get shit for free. So, uh, I don't, like get worried about the embedded energy in things that are free because I'm reusing it. <laughs> I'm the reuser. My cost, my cost of energy and production to the world is zero on the shit. So, uh, yeah. So let's see, this is Candace's, uh, this is Candace's like vegetable garden that, um, all that red brick came out of our friends, Ricky and Punky's, uh, fireplace demolition from like 20 years ago. Uh, so yeah, that's their fireplace. Thank you. So yeah, she puts it to bed every year with a uh, with a layer of cardboard over, and then really <laughs> just punch a hole where you want to plant the new stuff in the spring, right? And just leave it, and it cuts down on a lot of uh, 
a lot of weeding. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Oh, okay. Let's see. Oh, and then you got, uh, and then you got the Brian Garden. <laughs> uh, so that's my garden. Um, uh, the uh, yeah, you can tell. <laughs> when, when you got twenty footers, <laughs> you need five foot tall stakes. So I I pre put in my stakes for the year. So three eighths inch rebar, four feet up. This is like half inch. Uh, these are fucking awesome. These fiberglass rods that they use for like electrical stuff. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> if I can find it free and reuse it, I will. Uh, I think I even got the little Buddha for free. Um, yeah, yeah, those well, Craigslist window. Yeah, okay, so this greenhouse. Yeah, I'll show you. the. Yeah, the greenhouse is kind of fun. Um, okay, so. That half of the greenhouse over here. Uh, up until that that cross where the door is that's the extra part on there right I dug out and then I poured uh, six inches eight inches of uh, five eighths minus crushed um, in the extension so any water that spills in the greenhouse just runs out and there's literally six or eight inches of five eighths crushed underneath what it's yeah it's kind of dirt's all filled in the top a little bit but it's just got everywhere to go so never gets you know even when i like leave the hose on for two days in the aquaponics system or some shit like that would never happen but then you know it doesn't flood which is nice uh let's see um and then okay let's keep aside uh so my place is a duplex so those guys, those guys rent the inside of the duplex on the other side. Like the outside is all fucking mine. <laughs> so, uh, I store water everywhere. So what is that? About a 12 gallon, 55 gallon drum system. So everywhere I just stash 55 gallon drums. And then there's just little chunks, three foot chunks of hose that go back and forth and back the other way or whatever. So it can never really get clogged. Um, and then I just feed it. The, the gutter on the end of the greenhouse way down there drops into a 55 gallon drum that's on a cinder block since it's slightly higher than those other ones there's a hose that just runs across the ground and dirt's covered it over over the years uh but then it goes up and it feeds that end barrel so that end barrel feeds all the barrels coming towards me and then it leaks over at the end down here um and the ones on the end down here i have open tops instead of closed tops right the other ones are all closed just hoses are going in the bungholes uh, but the end ones i leave open so then if i want fresh water it's literally i don't know five eight steps away right there oh yeah yeah okay and then here's the back of the house right so uh there's the there's the big roof way up there something like that yeah so that big roof right goes four ways onto the you know 50 50 50 comes to this side of the house and then 50 comes to the back 50 goes to the front so there's my one little set of gutter drops down and then hey what do we have look at that four 55 gallon drums all with pieces of garden hose between them so it just drops into the one and feeds the four but anyway that then she's got water that she can hand dip uh by her garden i got water from the other side of the house with an open thing that i can hand dip for my garden so having uh living or fresh rainwater 
everywhere. And then we throw fish. There's fish in everything. Every barrel you see us fishing it. Um, trust me, the fish in the lake, no one comes by and feeds them with fishy food store fish. <laughs> so the ones in your barrel, yeah, you don't have to do that either. Sunshine makes algae. Fish eat algae. All right. Oh, she's going. All right. All right. See you in a little bit. She's going to get the dog food. Pay the state so we can drive our fucking car. <laughs> uh, 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 okay. Okay. Let's see. Uh, how are we going to do this? We'll go. Yeah, yeah. We'll go around back and then I'll show you the greenhouse last. Uh, I left my coffee. There's my coffee. Okay. So. We're going to cruise behind the greenhouse. Okay, I'll show, you, I'll show you some of this shit. So, this is the back of the greenhouse. Um, if you notice, all the way down, south side. So, those are sliding glass doors. Oh, yeah, look at all those pots. Okay, super, super pro tip. Most nurseries, they don't nurse. They just, and it gets to them, they take it out of the wholesaler's pots and they put it in the next size up pot and then they put their level on it and they're a nursery. Uh, so if you go by their um, recycle bins, right, their wholesale nursery, the plants, the, the pots, the plants came in, in are usually stacked to the hilt. So for six months, I just stopped by the one, uh, it used to be up and down on 99 and just i grabbed every pot they had out there and literally that was poof 10 years ago <laughs> if you drive slow enough by my house there'll be a six foot stack of pots in your trunk so after five years and i you just uh, <laughs> there's the line <laughs> oh yeah um okay this is our uh, this is our official compost pile. Uh, so, all the coffee, all the coffee grounds. Um, coffee is just such an awesome amendment to uh, to soil. Its structure is beautiful. It's like little mini volcanic rock, so it adds so much aeration um, and, and weight weight to height ratio, and it doesn't get too wet, but it stays wet. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, hmm. Okay, so compost pile. Uh, yep, yep. Um, that is a bunch of wood that I'm keeping dry. Um, there was somebody that had to leave town really quick on Craigslist, and if I disassembled their uh, garage office stuff, I could have it all. So I got a couple of G work of wood that day just because I went over and uh, and was willing to grab it. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, here, this is interesting. Okay. <laughs> My little radio tower out of the ladder. Uh, okay, but that uh, that roof up there, so I threw... The studio had a flat roof on it, which in Seattle is kind of crazy. I don't know why you build anything with a flat roof. So it was eventually going to fail. So instead of doing the whole rigmarole, I just built a little wedge roof and threw it on top with uh, flat steel panels. So now I've got that with drainage. Oh, looks like that thing came off the other day. Uh, so now I get to capture all of that water too. I've got it directed somewhere right now, but I haven't I haven't figured out what to do with it yet. It's a lot of water. 
so uh oh yeah yeah more more fun stuff okay uh so anyway that's the studio um so that door right there doo -doo -doo, is i figured if someone's using the studio to cut an album and they're here for a couple days or something like that uh like the the crew is going to definitely need a place to crash so uh there's like a real uh outhouse bathroom in there and uh, bunk beds and shit you know and that's seattle so it's always 50 whatever we plug a heater in there it'll be plenty warm so if you want to come cut an album and you need a place to just roll okay this is super interesting too um panel edge yeah yeah the non -finish. so those are two inch uh hard foam fiberglass exterior ridged panels um, I found a company that makes front doors and all you people that have those nice little glass front doors that you can just pow, pow free stuff. Um, when you cut the hard front door apart, those big sections, that's what that is. So you can't even break those with a sledgehammer. Uh, and the foam is just super awesome. So I surrounded the entire exterior garage on the outside and the inside with those panels. That's why it's a kick-ass studio. I think on this, you hear all the planes flying over, but when I'm inside, nothing. Okay, okay. So the other front yard, the other front yard. Put my coffee down. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Same thing. Um, so you got fruit trees, fruit trees, fruit trees. So those are uh, three big cherries. Uh, Five-way graphs, I think. And then you got across the front, apple, 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 apple. There's five different apple trees. And those are all three-way graphs. Um, so, again, just making propagation stock, right? Um, oh, let's see. Uh, okay, so you got hugo mounds. Um, this right here, we're growing. Uh, I love grape juice. So we're growing uh, Concord grapes. Can you even see that thing? It's so hard. Uh, okay, there it is. Yeah, so all we did is took cattle panel and uh, wrapped it onto itself and tied them in the middle. There you go. I didn't kind of see that. So it's an arch. Now you can see it. Yeah. Uh, so, eh, grapes on this side are doing a little better. So she's up to the top. Uh, yeah, three years. But the nice thing is, it's a little... It's a little archway in the front yard here, right? Yeah, when it's cleaned up anyway. But you can put a couple little chairs underneath there. And in the summertime, the grape leaves make a, the, the vines make a really nice shade. So it's a little shady arch to like hide out in the middle of this front yard. Um, and when we threw the hoogles in, it kind of boosted, kind of boosted the level of the yard up. So now it's, you got like a, it's like the front yard sunken in when we did that because we dug the yard down and threw the dirt on top and all that before we planted the trees. Uh, gives us a little more privacy. Uh, built a fireplace out here for kids. Um, okay. And then uh, Jack talks about his Miyagi ponds a lot. Um, so this is the next Miyagi that's going in. I don't know if you can see that. So I dug that, I dug the hole out. I just threw that 55 gallon drum in because where the water comes down, it was starting to beat the ground up a little bit. But uh, 
instead of going strictly up, I'm going to make this Miyagi go down in um, and then up about three feet. So we'll have about five foot of depth here. I'm going to go back where the going to go back where the signal's a little bit better. Um, so anyway, yeah, let's go in the greenhouse. <laughs> ah, I left my coffee out there. Fudge. <laughs> oh, well, it's a tour. It's a tour. Uh, oh, so much, so much warmer. Whew. Okay. Yeah, that's better. Uh, I'm a wuss for cold. <laughs> oh, look. Then I got a Oh, yeah. Don't look at all the death and destruction behind me. Uh, we're closing this place down. Uh, not closing it down, but yeah, we're having a workshop uh, April 1st, 2nd, 3rd to uh, move that heater box behind me. Uh, yeah, that's the thermal battery. Um, so, yeah, the. Uh, uh, whew, didn't realize how cold my hand had gotten out there. Uh, so, anyway, okay. I'll show you the greenhouse. Um, well, okay, this is super interesting. So when we got here, right, I knew what I wanted to do with the place. I, I wanted to make growy stuff and all that, right? But the uh, uh, it is hilarious. This house is just, yeah. whoever built it just didn't understand they lived in Washington. Okay, so that old, uh, you can see where I ripped off the old batter board across the top. And it's still got the steel up in there for holding where their uh, two by sixes went across. Uh, let's see. So you can kind of see. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And there's the center post. So when I got it from that center post to the house, straight across, they had um, they had beams. And then they were like one by twos that went the other direction, right, on slats with like one and a half inch gaps. So it was just this big gapped shady structure that let water through which was just crazy because we live in Seattle. So why would you want to make shade and let water through? It just blew my mind. So <laughs> I wanted to make dry and maybe warm. So yeah, we, uh, so the redesign was rip off the, um, rip off the, uh, uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Rip off the board on the house, raise it up three feet and reattach it, right? And then take the cross members, right? And raise them up. And then instead of stopping at the beam, right? All I did was just married on another set and continued it out another eight foot to the wall. And then, so that just sit, right? So those just, it, it was already holding the two by sixes from the house to the uh, to the post and beam. So all I did was just add onto it. Really didn't put that much weight onto it. It's, I took all the wood off the top and I added, uh, and I added the clear panels, which probably weighed way less actually. Um, so yeah, and then, oh yeah, you got to see the uh, you got to see the uh, glass frames from the outside. So here's the glass frames from the inside. So all you do, it's so stupid easy. Just go get yourself some uh, one by two, or some furring strips, you know, whatever, super cheap. 
and um, you just take a, a just frame it with two by fours. Put the furring strips on one side, flush right. Push the window in, right. The furring strip will stop the glass from falling through. It's a stop. Go on the other side. Put furring strips up. Call it a day. It's a greenhouse. Doesn't have to be. Eh. I'm gonna seal this up a little bit better. Um, as you can see, I kind of put foam cock up in the top. Got the gaps. You want to be able to control airflow. Um, well. Yeah, greenhouse management. You got to decide a couple things. Like, are you going to control the air, or are you going to just let it be open? Um, bugs are going to bug, so you got to have an integrated pest management plan to go with your uh, air plan for sure. Uh, so, <laughs> for that, join Scrambling University. <laughs> Ask me anything. Uh, so anyway, so this big, uh, doo, doo, doo. so that's my thermal battery. Um, that tube, that's uh, the air used to come down, go out. I, I am removing it. I've removed about eight feet of it already. Um, oh, ah, oh, I suppose. It. Go up to go down. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, I've removed about eight feet of it already. Just cleaning it all up, making the space ready. Um, we're going to uh, – oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, here, I'll show you this stuff. Do, do, do. So, that is uh, – so you can get a good view. I got a super bright light on. It's not helping things. Um, okay, so that is a 300-gallon Rubbermaid uh, tank. Same as is in the front yard uh, for that other holding tank, right? So my whole aquaponic system out here. Well, okay, here. Show, we'll back up and we'll show you, show you this. So I cut a lot of this stuff a lot just to get it ready to move. So... That is a six-inch tray, really more like four. We're four inches of hydroton. That is a fig tree. The one behind it is a Myers lemon tree, and the one all the way on the left is a big. Uh, well, <laughs> was big. I just whacked it. Uh, avocado, and the one in front's avocado too. So you got all that. Oh, there's no fish in there right now. There was a big die-off in the fall, and I didn't even bother. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, so I uh, Here, tell me, I'm going to turn this big crazy light off, um, and let's see if that doesn't help. Uh, let's see if that doesn't help the camera. Oh, yeah, that's better. Yeah, there you go. So... All I do is uh, I throw four by fours, right, up, and then throw the bed on the four by fours. Now the deal is you don't want the four by fours sitting on your on your plastic tank. Over time, weight's gonna whatever. So way down at the end down there, I'm trying to see if you can see it. Um, I put the four by fours on cinder block stacks, right? So the cinder blocks are holding the weight. And then if you, I think you can see it, that's a big old air pump. Um, it is not on, uh, I'm not running any of those airlines. Cause like we were talking about earlier, right? Falling water, breaking the surface is oxygenates way better than anything. Uh, uh, I think you can see in there, I'm growing duckweed in there. 
when we had ducks, it was always a problem. Couldn't keep duckweed anywhere. The ducks would eat it. And then the other thing is goldfish just, ugh. <laughs> yeah, try to keep some duckweed around. If you got goldfish, they just eat it. Um, <laughs> Candace's uh, catnip. She's got a purring pussy brand catnip products. Um, I don't think I have them on the web store yet. Uh, we sold them at the farmer's market like crazy. The old cat ladies just love the stuff. Yeah, yeah. When you want the best for your pussy. Purring pussy. <laughs> uh, the cats love it. Organic catnip, man. It's a shit. Uh, and actually, she was she was getting the like purple cone buds that looked... I gotta, I'll i put a picture up one of these times. It, it looked as good as any weed I ever grew. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and she would sell like purple cone bud catnip. Oh, it was great. Uh, yeah, so... That whole thing's got to move. So that's why everything's cut back. So I, I chopped the hell out of that fig. Um, yeah. And the miners lemon. So we're going to rebuild this all. Uh, okay. So let's see. Those are the solar panels up top. Those are wired directly. I'm trying to trying to find the motor above my head. Um that motor okay see that motor on the end of there if you're looking to move air with solar panels uh that is a boat blower motor so it um it's made for bilges right before you go fire up and upward or inboard upward you you gotta get the uh, gas out of the bilge or you'll explode yourself right Gas heavier than air, all that <laughs> sinky, explodey, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but the nice thing is they're marine, right? So they're made to run on 12 volts. So they'll run on solar panels, no problem. And they're okay for variable input, right? So super sunny day. Those panels are just kicking out a lot of electricity. I can hear the thing just screaming. Not so sunny day. It runs slow, um, which doesn't. I don't, it's actually beautiful for a greenhouse if you think about it, because really when it's getting hammered and I need to cool it down, it's making that fan run faster and shove the hot down through the pipe and pushes all the heat into the rocks. So directly wiring a cooling system in your greenhouse to solar is probably and then i'm not using a charge controller i'm not using a battery it's all the stuff so if you can find scrounged solar panels which i did i got a garage sale for ridiculous um so if you can get scrounged panels right they don't have to be great because like up here there's three of them three shitty panels so uh yeah any panels right and if you wire them to your electric for your greenhouse um, now that other, you see that other fan, uh, oh, right, <laughs> right there, right there, way up in the corner, as high as it can go. It's on a thermal switch, so when it does hit like 90 in here, 90 something, that comes on. That is a uh, attic ventilation fan, um, so it's made to move large volumes of hot air out of attics, um, and it's on those like flappers. So when it gets hot enough, boom, she pops on. And when I hear that thing come on, I go out and check out what's going on. 
so uh yeah and then uh so man doors on both sides of the greenhouse right down there um yeah it uh we just put if go back and listen to my show on type one errors uh if you want to listen to the whole thing about the the um thermal battery but we built it wrong we put it on the wrong side i i, I should have had the thermal battery on the north side so that it can accept more thermal radiation um and the other thing is uh you need a you need a bench in a greenhouse to work on or a planting surface or whatever um so that when i rebuild it this time i'm gonna rebuild a section of it uh candace is like five four right so i'm gonna build a section of it that's six inches to a foot shorter uh, so that she has a place to do all her planting that really fits her um, a lot better right um, uh, let's see what else do we got okay yeah yeah so permaculture stuff too um right so we were pretty hardline on just only reproducing like edible or medicinal plants and and all that and uh you know then you would take them to the farmer's market and they would sell but yeah you know they sell but they it's <laughs> Oh, it's like when we started the pour over coffee stand at the farmer's market, right? It's such a beautiful coffee and you get your four minutes to like actually have a conversation with people. Um, but sadly, that's not what people that have money that want to give you money uh, want. So, uh, thusly, <laughs> uh, we added, uh, all the sugar. Oh, sir, licks a lot. You're killing me. Uh, um, so we added all the, uh, we added all the sugar shit, right? And um, just French presses so we could go faster so we didn't have to talk to you. <laughs> and, and we sold more product than ever. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Sadly, um, part of permaculture is feeding yourself too, right? <laughs> Making sure Scrappies have, has enough. Uh, yeah, shit. I want him to have good dog food. <laughs> you want good dog food, don't you, boy? Yeah. And you don't get pizza bones. Um, so, uh, yeah, making money, got to make the money. So, uh, we've been a greenhouse forever, but it's like, okay, that's what people, people want to buy house plants. They want to buy stuff to look at. They want to buy beauty. Whatever. Ah, it is what it is. I like house plants too. So we gave it. So I found these super cool self-watering, um, uh, self-watering pots. And then we went to the, uh, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. These are just babies. I got to grow in for like six months. Um, so then we started throwing aquarium rock on top of everything. So they have a little reservoir in the bottom. So you water it till the water comes out the hole, right? Stop. It traps like a half inch of water in the bottom. Uh, but there's this little plastic spacer. It keeps the roots out of it. Um, but for homeowners, for plant, you know, everybody kills shit. It's a way that they can like water it every six months, maybe. It'll probably still stay alive. And then we started throwing the aquarium rock on top. Because um, I've found out like everything like, that I kind of throw slate on top of or whatever. Top mulch uh, in some way, right? It, uh, just slows the transference of, uh, of drying out the soil. So, uh, for house plants, you know, that's what we can do. 
All right, Scrapes, come on. Go chase something. There's got to be a cat out there. Go get some pussy. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, yeah. So we went to, uh, so now we started hitting the, uh, we started hitting the uh, thrift markets and stuff, right? So we get these cute, cute pots. So our model is we can buy any planter we want as long as it's a dollar. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then you got the, uh, you got the Lucky Jades. Yeah, you know, and then you got the old, uh, you got the old aquarium rock on top. You can. Make them look different ways. She's got a bunch of little little gnomes and shit, so she makes little gnomey scenes on them. Uh, so anyway, nursery's back open. We're gonna make uh, we're gonna make way more stuff this year that just will make people happy. Desk plants, house plants, shit that they can be around. Whatever. If we gotta get people into gardening one house plant at a time, I guess that's just how we're gonna do it. Um. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Water management, uh, yeah, yeah. Think of permaculture questions. I don't know. You saw the place. I'm sure there's going to be like tons of. Hey, what the hell is after that? Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, little mini permaculture farm. Uh, yeah, we moved the ducks out. We deducted the place. Uh, so basically, so that I can, I can travel. Uh, come see you guys. Makes our life easier. Oh yeah, that's the uh, the shredder down there. So that fifty-five gallon drum is my little shredding station for making uh, styrocrete. Oh yeah, here shit, I'll show you the styrocrete stuff. Oh yeah, oh you know what? Oh yeah, my vortex two brewers out at camp. Um, if you go back on the Food Forest Farms Facebook page, I made a vortex tea brewer. I show you how to make it. It's like a hundred bucks worth of parts, right? Go go look at trying to buy one. It's for making warm tea, but like industrial size, like 55 gallons of warm tea at a time, right? If you look into what that costs, it's ridiculous. Or you could make it for like uh, $3 a batch. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Thousands or three. Uh, I like three. So, uh, Vortex Tea Brewer. Go look, at the, go, go look at the Food Forest Farms Facebook page. That was probably two, three years ago. If you click on the video thing, I bet it pops right up. I haven't made that many videos on that page. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So, that's styrofoam. But we got to make it small. So, well, let's see. Yeah, so you need, you need the little tiny tinies, right? Um, so, <laughs> my separation device <laughs> when you go to make it, it it helps you uh it helps you sort uh just when you thought tennis rackets were for tennis um so yeah yeah uh i think it was brian with the lots project used to work with concrete so he got me thinking about that that the styrofoam is just is the aggregate right so you you want your aggregate like I was trying to use, uh, I was trying to use like this size the first time, like like mini pebbles, too big, too big. If you're gonna make styrofoam, shred that shit. You want it down into the individual, see those little tiny, the tiny beads. So I used, um, I took the safety off the Ryobi string trimmer gotta go and uh 
I put on that one with uh, uh, where's that head? Uh, it's the it's the head with the red uh, blades, the solid blades that flip out. So like it's like a propane pal propeller. Um, but the thing, if you throw it in a 55 gallon drum, and and the battery powered uh, the battery powered one um, is fucking awesome. It just runs. It's so quiet. Uh, so yeah, it it shreds it up enough, but it's got like downdraft where it doesn't throw the styrofoam all over. Um, so 55 gallon drum, old hard styrofoam coolers. Like all, think about all those people getting the meat delivery and stuff, man. Craigslist is full of out here anyway. Just like those people got to dispose of that stuff, right? No, it's gigantic. So all the free styrofoam you want. The, the ratio is to mix it with Portland cement, not cement, Portland cement, uh, Home Depot, like 96 pound bag should be like $12. That's how you know you got the right stuff. Uh, maybe 15 this week, maybe 20 next week, but yeah, the bag should be like 96 pounds or something should be around 12 bucks. Portland cement, uh, right? It's the cement without the sand and the rocks in it because the sand and the rocks is the styro right Boom. so if you go by volume if you fill up like five five gallon things or four i would do four four to one i use five to one We're, we are increasing our portland cement a little bit as we go so four to one's probably the better number um oh where are those blocks uh Oh, yeah, they're inside. I'm using them to hold some plants. Um, yeah, but even the even the blocks we made poorly are still holding up really great, actually. They're curing out and getting better. So, um, yeah, yeah. it. Uh, uh, yeah, the styrocrete is just incredible. Ah, here, shit, I'll show you the blocks. Do, 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 do. Get me towards some coffee. No. <laughs> I'll sign off anyways. Here, we're almost we're almost done the loop. Let's see here. We might need to turn all light over here. Other my other planting stations in the fireplace room. Yeah, so that is uh that's where I'm running a bunch. Oh, what do we got? Banana plants, you got ivy, you got jade, all that good stuff. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, styrofoam, styrofoam, or styrocrete. So those are my little blocks. Uh, so this one is the very, uh, is this one the first one? Yeah, this is the first one. So we end up making that with um, with a little bit, we, we made that one with real concrete instead of uh, Portland cement, and she just ended up being heavy. Uh, so this one up here that, I've, that I'm using for a table, like, here, I'll turn music down so you can hear uh, okay I can stand on the thing it uh it, it's holding up really well it's curious it's just you know if you pick at the edges you can pick it apart you know but when you build with it you put a coating on it at the end so you put rhino liner on it. Uh, we're we're gonna play with. Um, so yeah, that's next up is testing the coatings uh, to go on the bricks. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. 
shit. Since I'm over here. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, oh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, inventory land. Inventory land for Food Forest Farms. Food Forest Farms. Hey, look, we're in the inventory room. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, shit. I might as well make a mini commercial uh, since we're here. Okay, so this is the shirt that took me like five years to. Okay. Just in case you didn't hear, um, actually, Congress passed it yesterday. Something about um, uh, they are now going to allow psilocybin to be studied by the university system. So they're basically going to regulatory capture psychedelics. So instead of like mushrooms being like, an earth medicine for all humanity to just, you know, pick up and use. They want to turn it over to lettered agencies and state agencies for the exclusive use and profit of the lettered people. So F that to all humans of goodwill that kept earth medicine alive during the dark days. We thank you and to thank you. I made a shirt and on the front and theogenic medical division 420. So it comes in uh, mash slash Vietnam olive green or for all of you youngsters that like killing people in the desert. You could also get it in Iraqi desert tan. So let's throw on some veteran shirts and thank the veterans that weren't killing people that were actually trying to help humans be better humans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are on our website. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. How about this? How's about you went on a trip and you did some super strenuous stuff? Oh, ouchie, ouchie. Well, then you might need some plain cream. Hey, look at that. It does absolutely nothing. Ha <laughs> ha. Plain cream. <laughs> But you need something that does absolutely nothing. Guaranteed. Uh, there you go. Or uh, let's see. Oh. CBD treats. How's about some good old-fashioned hard candies? You know, like Jolly Ranchers. Oh, look at that. Apple. Each treat comes 20 milligrams CBD, 2 milligrams CBG. Jeez. I wonder what that would be good for. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to tell you absolutely nothing. Ha. See how that goes? Uh, or super awesome bath bombs. No artificial dyes or fragrances. Uh, she's got like eucalyptus, orange crush, lavender. Nah. Anyway, that's where we got the website for. That's all this crap scrolling around at the bottom. Oh, look, it even says right there. Does anybody watch this stuff? 
Ha, no. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. I love it. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, look, we're back where we started. I think that's the end of the tour. Hit me up if you have any permaculture questions at all. Uh, shit. You got any cannabis growing questions? Hit me up. It's the start of the season. Your stuff should be rolling. We're getting ready to go in the ground in a few weeks. If you're not on it already, find a cloner that was. <laughs> Good luck with that. All right. All right. Have a fantastic day. Love you guys. Be chill. See ya. Wow. What an interesting show. Now let's help pay some of those bills. If you use CBD products or know anybody who does, send them on over to Cannabinoid Natural Foods. Just go to the website, cannabinoidnaturalfoods.com. There you'll find old-fashioned hard candies. Think Jolly Ranchers. Vanilla cookies with real vanilla and organic raw sugar. CBD specialty coffee made with micro-batch, air-roasted, hand-picked, fine coffee. Bath bombs made with no artificial colors or fragrances. Tinctures made with MCT oil. And world-famous plain cream, guaranteed to do absolutely nothing. All of our products are made with CBD and CBG isolates derived from USDA certified organic hemp. And if you want the absolute best deal, sign up for our cannabinoid club. Just click on that monthly club button. Pay $45 or more. Pick out whatever items you like. And we will make a custom package for you delivered on the 15th of each month. In addition to get your CBD products, you also get free tickets to Squatch Fest for your entire crew in May and October. You get half off at all of our live events and trainings. And the best thing is you get consulting services by the Scrambling himself. He'll mull your question over and give you the best answer. Well, maybe an answer. Anyway, join the Cannabinoid Club if you would like products at the best price on the monthly. If you just need regular old, need some stuff today, click and buy, click and buy. We'll get that right on out to you. Express United States Postal Priority. Have a good one. Cannabinoid Natural Foods dot com.